0: What? College matters. What? College College matters. matters. Really?
1: For sure. College matters.
0: Alma matters.
1: matters. Seeing students succeed. I mean, it doesn't matter, you know, if it's somebody getting into an Ivy League school or somebody getting into, you know, UW Bothell, which is close to us. Uh I'm, I'm just excited for them when they are able to kind of figure this out and find some options that are exciting to them and they're looking forward
0: to that. That is Sandra Foy, Director of College Counseling at Seattle's Jesuit College Prep School. Hello, I'm your host, Venka Traman. Sandra got her start in college counseling when Seattle Prep changed direction to become a four-year high school program in the late 80s. She was part of the team that began offering a program to prepare their students for college. Today, she's the director of college counseling at Seattle Prep. On our podcast, Sandra shares her background, her counseling approach, changes over the decades, managing expectations, and advice for high school students. Now, before we jump into the podcast, here are the high fives, five highlights from the podcast.
1: So we have almost 800 students. Mm -hmm. um, And that, we can't really grow any bigger than that. We're we're in the middle of Seattle on Capitol Hill, (laughs) a little bit landlocked, so that's about our capacity. Um, and I also think in terms of our mission, that's about as big as the school wants to be. So we have a team of college counselors, so myself and another person who are full-time. And mm-hmm. then we have three full-time um, regular school counselors. Mm-hmm. So those counselors work with the students all through their four years. But mm-hmm. we picked up with them in their junior year, beginning of junior year. It's really important for students to get to know as much as they can about themselves mm-hmm. and then to find a range of schools where they might be happy and that might work for them and for their families. That's, I think, probably one of the toughest parts of our job, honestly, is that um, we don't want to be, we don't want to be the office where dreams go to die.
0: <laughs> <Right>.
1: <laughs> we don't want to be downers, but we also right. want to make sure they're empowered with really good information so they can end up you know having a lot of options that are really good for them. I mean one of the things that we tell them is when you're a freshman and a sophomore in high school really focus on getting solid with your academics and getting involved in some things that you genuinely enjoy and love. Don't worry about college so much worry about high school. (laughs)
0: These were the High Fives, brought to you by
1: College Matters,
0: Alma Matters. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Now, I'm sure you want to hear the entire podcast with Sandra. So without further ado, here's the podcast with Sandra Foy. If you're ready, we can jump right in. I am ready. Awesome. Cool. So, Maybe, Sandra, why don't we start with your background, how you got into this uh, counseling business?
1: Sure. Um, So I actually started as a school counselor um, Mm -hmm. and did school counseling for a number of years and then left for a little while and did some administrative work in some schools. And when Mm -hmm. I came back to Seattle Prep in the early 1990s, college Mm -hmm. counseling was just becoming kind of a thing. And Mm -hmm. I was asked to help to establish a program here in college counseling. And so myself and another colleague kind of set upon the task of learning everything we could about colleges and trying to set up some processes and opportunities here for students to learn about colleges and make better decisions as they went along.
0: So you got to start this up um, at the school. Yes. Uh, so, um... Did you have any special affinity to college counseling or just Uh, an opportunity or how was
1: that? The the only affinity, well, first of all, when I first came to Seattle Prep, I've been at Seattle Prep twice. So I came originally as a school counselor. And Mm -hmm. when I first came, we were actually involved in a program that partnered with Seattle University, whereby our students would spend three years on our campus and then three years on the Seattle University campus. And that would culminate in a BA in the humanities. Mm
0: -hmm. And that
1: was a program that was funded by the Carnegie Foundation Mm
0: -hmm. in the
1: mid 70s. Um, Towards the end of the 80s and beginning of 1990, um, the school decided to um, move away from that program and go back to a traditional four year program. And at Mm -hmm. that point, we then had students who came to Seattle Prep primarily because they wanted to go to college and Mm -hmm. we're in need of providing a program for them. And so that it really arose out of sort of the change in the direction of the school Mm -hmm. and um, the needs of the students
0: and the families at that time. Tell me a little bit about the school before we kind of jump into counseling. Um, What is Seattle Prep today? What what Mm -hmm. kind of students does it attract? And uh, any other special things about it?
1: So one of the things that I actually love about Seattle prep is that its mission has always been to educate any students who want to go to college. So we mm-hmm. actually have a pretty broad range of students academically They come from over a hundred middle schools in the Seattle area mm-hmm. um, and they you know are wide ranging in terms of their abilities from you know amazing, you know, amazingly competent students to students who are struggling a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of melded together with the Jesuit philosophy because we are a Jesuit high school mm-hmm. of um, trying to um, help students develop the qualities of uh, understanding social justice and being transformational leaders in the world mm-hmm. of people who are going to make a difference in the lives of other people. So um, there's kind of that dual purpose going on there, both the educational and the personal, you know, really mm-hmm. trying to help people develop into the kinds of people that will make a difference in the world we live in. So mm-hmm. that's what I love about the school. And I love that the goal has always been to help every student who wants to go to college to be able to go to college.
0: Mm-hmm. So um, so how many, how many students, how big is the school?
1: So we have almost 800 students, mm-hmm. um, and that it, we can't really grow any bigger than that. We're we're in the middle of Seattle on Capitol Hill, <laughs> okay. a little bit landlocked. So that's about our capacity, um, and I also think in terms of our mission, that's about as big as the school wants to be. So um, it's a it's a hard school to get into in a lot of ways because we have so many kids from all over who really want to come here, but um, we've been able to kind of manage staying at about 800. Students really per year. That's good. And grades nine
0: through twelve. Let's talk about counseling. I mean, um, you obviously were the you know part of the founding team, or you were the founder of this whole group. Um, what's your role today, and how do you see your role? And then we can talk a little bit about the counseling philosophy.
1: Sure, sure. And and to be clear, I wasn't really the founder. I was just part of the team that helped develop this. But okay. Okay. Um, cause so I want to be clear about that, but sure. I, the way that our, our program works, we actually, um, have basically two teams that work together. So we have a team of college counselors. So myself and another person who are full-time, and mm-hmm. then we have three full-time, um, regular school counselors. Mm-hmm. So those counselors work with the students all through their four years, but mm-hmm. we picked up with them in their junior year, beginning of junior year. Mm-hmm. So and we focus specifically on the college process in working with the students and their families to kind of help them through that process mm-hmm. and then we partner with the school counselors around any other concerns that may arise or in supporting students in other ways as well but our main function is focused on school counseling I mean on
0: college counseling excuse me. Sure what roughly 200 students per grade um, so Right. (laughs) So we have a pretty big caseload.
1: So, uh, you know, I work with about 100 seniors and about 100 juniors, Mm -hmm. um, and there's sort of a rhythm to the whole process. So we um, basically start working with students at the beginning of junior year, and we work with them in group settings to begin with. Um, We work with parents also at the beginning and do some parent meetings with the parents. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we actually have a family meeting with every student and their parents. Mm -hmm. Um, And we do quite a bit of preparation for that meeting. We have the students and the families do preparation. Um, And that's sort of the beginning of a relationship and a process that then persists all the way through the end of their senior year when they finally make a decision about where they're going to go.
0: You know, I'm sure you've developed a philosophy or style and approach to all this. You know, what would that be, or what what is that like? Our, our the most important, I think, uh, philosophical
1: part of what we do is just our belief that it's really important for students to get to know as much as they can about themselves, mm-hmm. and then to find a range of schools where they might be happy and that might work for them and for their families. So Mm -hmm. rather than starting with a list of schools, we try to Mm -hmm. help them start with um, learning about themselves and learning about a variety of different kinds of colleges. And Mm -hmm. then we try to really educate them about understanding the admissions process and making sure that their ultimate list of schools, Um, really contain a lot of schools that they are really excited about, and where they have a really
0: good opportunity to be admitted. You know, obviously, things have changed over the years. Um, What are some big things that you think have changed, you know, maybe with students, compared to maybe a couple of decades ago, and now, Um, you know, and, and then, of course, post-COVID or during COVID and post-COVID. I mean, that's probably another range of changes. So um, (laughs) yeah, lots of changes there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: um, I think, you know, some of the things that stand out to me are mm -hmm. that number one, um, there's become an increasing number of students who are actually applying to college. Um, So the result of that, of course, is that the college admissions process has definitely become more competitive. Mm -hmm. And we see that a lot when we meet with parents, honestly, because the admissions um, picture is Mm -hmm. so different now than when they went to college or when they applied to college. And so they're often pretty surprised about how hard some schools are to get into. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that uh, that's put a lot of pressure on students to have to um, kind of up their game in terms of their curriculum and the things they're involved in. And so there's there's sort of this tension between kind of having a healthy and productive high school experience and making sure that you do the things that make you admissible to these schools. And so yeah. that that's a change and definitely a challenge. Um, I think also managing expectations has changed yeah. over time. Yeah. So the student, you know, it can be difficult for students, I think, and for parents, um, to come to terms with the idea that maybe this set of colleges that they've heard of and they've dreamt about may not work out for them. And so Mm -hmm. as a counselor working with these students and families, it's sort of a delicate balancing act between offering them hope and encouraging them to look at some viable and realistic options. Right. And yet, um, you know, helping them have a, a realistic understanding of what the admissions picture really looks like. And that's, I think, probably one of the toughest parts of our job, honestly, is that um, we don't want to be we don't want to be the office where dreams go to die. <laughs> right. <laughs> we don't want to be downers, but we also right. want to make sure they're empowered with really good information so they can end up, you know, having a lot of options that are really good for them. So I think that's, over time, one of the things that's changed is just the need for college counselors to really help students and families deal with stress and anxiety around the whole process, because it's it's definitely more anxiety producing than it ever was. Um, I think another thing that's changed is the process has actually gotten more complex. So helping Mm -hmm. them navigate the application process itself can be sometimes confusing or overwhelming for them Um, and keeping up with um, all of the changes in terms of what schools are requiring and what's going to be helpful to them. um, I I think that's a large part of what we do and Mm -hmm. try to build enough structure in the process so that it's less stressful for students. Um, So I, I think, you know, that's, unfortunately it is anxiety producing and trying to help them lessen that and learn to deal with that a little bit better is something that has changed and that's something that we have to do do more and more. Um, a good example, uh, just little things that change that kind of catch students by surprise, for example, mm-hmm. the increasing number of schools that now want students to self-report all of their grades. Yeah. And that's not always super obvious (laughs) to them when they're applying. So we do a lot of that. I I would say that one thing that college counselors can do to really help students and that students feel is really helpful to them Mm -hmm. is that we curate a lot of information for them.
0: Right.
1: Just so that they don't have to do that. But I think those are changes. Um, I think there's a lot of uh, pressure that students feel to try to know what they want to major in or what they want to do professionally and That doesn't really line up in a lot of ways with where students are developmentally. Mm-hmm. So I think that puts a lot of pressure on kids. And then your second part of the question was about the COVID, the pandemic, yeah. right? Yeah. How that yeah. I mean, obviously the biggest one I think that everyone talks about all the time is the test optional, right? Yes. Yeah. And how that's affected. I have to say that from my perspective. Mm -hmm. I feel that that has actually lessened anxiety for a lot of students. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, you know, we, we, the conversation we have is certainly about knowing the handful of schools that really do want to see test scores. Yeah. Understanding though that the majority do not require them Mm
0: -hmm. and then
1: helping students to try to determine whether or not taking a test and sending a test is going to be a value add for them. Sure. Um, and the metrics we usually look at in helping them do that, we, we look at their history with standardized testing. Are they a person who um, tends to do well or is this a really hard piece for them? Mm-hmm. Then we look at their their list of schools and their grades. And mm-hmm. a good example would be, I would say we have many students who are excellent students. Uh, they mm-hmm. have mostly A's, but yeah. maybe they're not great test takers. Right. Then the question would be, is it really worth the time and the money Mm -hmm. and the stress (laughs) to go down that road, or would they be better off putting their focus more on their academics and their activities and other things that really do enhance their application? And we probably, I would say this in this past year, what we saw was Mm -hmm. maybe 30% of our seniors actually took a test, Mm -hmm. maybe only 10% of those actually submitted them. So we're really seeing Uh, And and people are anxious about that, I have to say. I mean, you know, we tell them it's going to be okay. But I think people, you know, there's a lot of, there's not a lot of transparency around this. And so people worry, you know, they worry, is it really true that they're test optional? Um, I can say that looking at our own data, which we look at all the time, we're seeing pretty good results for the test optional kids. In fact, we see some kids getting into schools like Swarthmore, which we don't really see happen that often who are getting
0: in, I think, precisely because test scores were not a barrier. Okay. Yeah, that was going to be my question. You know, there's a lot of angst around um, uh, exactly what you said. Are they really test optional? And then is providing a test score uh, likely to tilt the balance in your favor? I mean, assuming it's good. Right. Um, and, and so, yeah. So, so you're saying basically that you really, at least the outcomes are such that it looks like it is really test optional. That's kind of what you're saying.
1: I I think so. I mean, there are those kids who do really test well. And for those kids, um, we do encourage them to take a test and to submit it if they have a good test score. Also, I would say the other group for whom it can be a benefit are kids who may be underperformed in high school, Mm -hmm. um, grade wise, but are good test takers and they can kind of show they have more ability than their GPA might show. So yeah. we, we work with kids individually to try to make that determination. But what I'm seeing is that for a good number of kids who, again, are good students, but maybe not great test takers, it just takes a piece of anxiety off the table for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has been a really good thing. So I, I think that's something about the pandemic that actually turned out to be on the whole better than not, mm-hmm. than not good. Um, I also think another thing that arose out of the pandemic that has been a positive is just the increase in virtual resources for kids and families.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, So they can really do a virtual tour, do a virtual information session, um, Zoom with an admissions person. Um, and none of that replaces seeing something in person, but for a lot of families who have limited resources, It's a great way to start the process. They can at least do that preliminary research to see what really appeals to them and then target some of their visits, you know, more specifically to schools that really are schools they're interested in. So I think that's been a good, you know, a good um, outcome. Um, I think, you know, the, the challenges have obviously been... Uh, the disruption to people's lives. And so, you know, th- the students, I think, fall into two main categories. There definitely are students who did better during the pandemic, actually, academically, because they enjoyed <laughs> being on yeah. Zoom. They yeah. enjoyed, you know, being able to take a nap between their classes. They en- they <laughs> benefited maybe from not being so over-scheduled, um, you know, with activities yeah. and things. Then yeah. there are other kids who I think, found it harder, who either emotionally, um, Mm -hmm. it was, you know, just a real downer for them to be on their own all the time, or Mm -hmm. they didn't learn as well, you know, in that virtual format. So it's kind of been both depending on the student, you know, in terms of how that affected them.
0: How do you, how do you treat Kids who are kind of undecided um, what they want to apply for. I mean, what kind of major? Um, what you know? A, what what's your sort of attitude towards that? And yeah, how do you, how do you think students should deal with that? Well, we try to
1: do first of all. I it, it's I find that even if they think they know what they want to major in, uh, the majority of course. people change their mind when they're in college. Unfortunately, there are some colleges that it really makes a difference which major you apply for. So we really Mm -hmm. try to stay current with colleges, especially colleges that a lot of our kids apply to um, Mm -hmm. in terms of what they're seeing. A a good example would be the University of Washington. Um, We have a lot of kids, obviously, who apply to the University of Washington. And the University of Washington has a system where they have um, designated majors as either open enrollment, minimum, requirements mm-hmm. or capacity constrained. Mm-hmm. And so then the conversation becomes in a school like that. Do you really want to go to the UW or
0: mm-hmm.
1: are you don't want to go there unless you can major in engineering kind of thing? Yeah. So, and yeah. so that that becomes a conversation. We do try to help kids at least figure out what their interests are. And so, for example, sure. in our case, we have them do a, a career profiler and aptitude Mm -hmm. a survey called Youth Science, which Mm -hmm. gives them some information. Um, And then, I mean, honestly, this is where college counselors can be helpful to kids because we do sort of counsel them school by school, you know, with regard to, you know, how big their desire is to get into that school, what the options are with regard to different majors, and how easy it is to change your major once you're there. So Sure. So that becomes a little more personalized. So it's tricky though, because they, I just had a conversation with a school in California and Mm -hmm. it's a school where we had been advising kids that for example, engineering would be a really competitive major. Mm -hmm. Well, they've actually seen a downturn in some applications to the engineering major. Mm -hmm. And we were seeing in our early results, some kids getting into engineering at that school who had lower academic profiles than some kids who applied to psychology, for example. Right. So it, it can vary quite a bit. And so that's part of the challenge is trying to figure out, you know, what's going on. And I'm seeing, I, I don't know what you're seeing, but I'm seeing with a lot of schools this year that as a means of enrollment management, they are focusing much more on major and more concerned about um, taking a lot of kids in, and then not being able to give them the course of study that they say they want. And the hard part yeah. is a lot of those kids are just putting something down because they have to. Yeah. Right. So yeah. this kid who puts down psychology, he may be just as happy studying philosophy. Who knows? <laughs>
0: exactly. I, mean, I
1: don't think they know, honestly. But it's interesting because i that's an example that I saw this year where we had some kids who put something like philosophy and were admitted over other kids who were stronger students who maybe put psychology and were not.
0: Yeah. So definitely. even with
1: arts and sciences, we're seeing that. So so it's it's I think it's a tricky area because I, I think it's a lot to expect 17
0: year olds to know yeah, what they want exactly. to major in. Exactly. Exactly. I was just curious and would love to hear what kind of advice you would have for high school students out there. Um You know, as they're thinking about college and applying, what are the what are some of the things you tell them to do? Mm -hmm. One of
1: the things that, you know, we kind of think about it developmentally here a little bit. I mean, one of the things that we tell them is when you're a freshman and a sophomore in high school, really focus on getting solid with your academics. And getting involved in some things that you genuinely enjoy and love. Don't worry about college so much. Worry about high school. (laughs) So that's one of the things we advise. And we also, we encourage families, for example, you know, if you're traveling with your high school students and want to stop and see some colleges, that's great. But don't embark on a formal college search when you're a freshman in high school. Focus your energies on building a strong academic record. Mm -hmm. getting involved in things that you enjoy. Um, Because it's going to be the fact that your academic record is going to be the centerpiece of your application, no matter what.
0: Um,
1: So that's one of the things we advise. Um, Then the other things we would advise students um, is that when they do begin researching colleges, again, to place the focus on knowing themselves and learning a lot about different kinds of schools. So don't start with a list of schools and try to fit into them. Start Mm -hmm. with yourself and things you enjoy and try to find schools that will be a match for you um Mm -hmm. and 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 be broad in that search and so we kind of help students look at you know obviously we help them look at schools from the perspective of admissions as well and so you know we're looking at those reach schools the target schools and the likely schools and we try to get them to focus a lot on the target schools schools Mm -hmm. where it's not a sure thing but they have a pretty decent chance of being admitted Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and they have a lot of good characteristics that that student would like. So, mm-hmm. so we, we, you know, one piece of advice will be choose the right schools for your list. You know, mm-hmm. Work on keeping a strong academic record. Um, get to know your teachers throughout high school because eventually um, a couple of those teachers are gonna be writing you a recommendation. Mm-hmm. And um, if you know your teachers well, you'll do a better job of choosing people who will be a good recommender for you. Right. Um, and and the other thing I would say is, you know, two other things I would say that I think are important. One would be seek out support. You know, don't be afraid to ask for help if you need it along the way in any dimension. Like if you are struggling in a class, ask your teacher for help, use your school's mm-hmm. resources to get help. Don't wait, you know, and let your grades go down the great drain. Yeah. Um, talk to your counselors, talk to your teachers, talk to your parents. Um, talk to adults in your life and other people who can give you valuable advice and support along the way. Mm -hmm. And then I think uh, something else that's really important is, you know, be yourself. Don't try to be someone you're not, you know, just to impress an admissions committee. Be who you are. Um, And the kids that come across the best, I think, in the admissions process are kids who have genuinely done things that they really enjoy and passions that they really have. And that's mm-hmm. obvious when you talk to them, you know, so just I always remind students that the majority of people who are actually reading these applications are pretty young. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> they're going to be people closer to their age than to mine. So um, I think, you know, they really can recognize genuineness, you know, in a way that is important for kids to know, you know, have their friends you know, have a friend read over what you write and, and see if that sounds like you. Um, But I think that's important to just genuinely come across as yourself and come at this whole process from what you enjoy and what you hope to do as a person. So those would be my main pieces of advice for
0: kids. So, Sandra, we're going to start winding down. Um, And before I let you go, um, one thing that comes through is uh, a lot of passion in your voice. So. After all these decades, what keeps you so excited? What do you really love about what you're doing?
1: Yeah, um, there are a lot of things I love about it. But one thing that I love is I love the opportunity to work with a diverse group of students. I, really, there are so many kids. It just amazes me, honestly, how many kids, you know, how different a lot of these students are from one another and the things that they they love and the different goals and challenges they have. So it's it's rewarding to help kids navigate the process because there's so many different kids with different points of view. And I really like that. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing students succeed. I mean, it doesn't matter, you know, if it's somebody getting into an Ivy League school or somebody getting into you know, UW Bothell, which is close to us, Uh I'm I'm just excited for them when they are able to kind of figure this out and find some options that are exciting to them and they're looking forward to that. Um, I think another thing that keeps me really going is I really... I like staying up to date with all the changes that are going on. Um, (laughs) Constantly evolving, you know, and it's, I think it's really important to stay informed about new policies and new procedures and um, new opportunities. And so that, and also collaborating with colleagues. Um, I find this work very collaborative, both in terms of working with my other high school side colleagues, working with college side colleagues, Mm -hmm. um, just working with people who can make a difference in the lives of students. And so I, and I feel really strongly that um, college counseling does have a really significant impact on the futures of students. And so being able to play even a small role in that is is something that keeps me going.
0: Uh, that sounds awesome. I mean, clearly, clearly it comes through. So Sandra, thank you so much for uh, taking the time and sharing your points of view and all your excitement and passion mm-hmm. about counseling. I. Definitely would like to talk to you more in the future, but for right now, take care, be safe. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hi again. Hope you enjoyed our podcast with Sandra Foy of Seattle Prep. Sandra's approach to counseling has been shaped by her own experience over the last few decades. Help a student get to learn as much as they can about themselves, work with parents and families of students, manage expectations with the goal of helping every student that wants to go to college to be able to go to college. I hope college-bound students and parents find Sandra's counsel helpful. For your questions or comments on this podcast, please email podcast at almamatters.io. Thank you all so much for listening to our podcast today. Transcripts for this podcast and previous podcasts are on almamatters.io forward slash podcasts. To stay connected with us, subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, or visit anchor.fm forward slash almamatters to check us out. Till we meet again, take care and be safe. Thank you.
1: College matters. Alma, Alma matters. matters.